recording uh we have a guest with us tonight today well, i have to spray super excited to about too. that uh i'm hanging out with my friend tamar medford and i'm hanging out with my good friend lane kennedy and we're hanging out with you and we're also hanging out with karina belize man that was really good <laughs> that's right welcome to the it. show i think she practiced <laughs> You know, you don't know me well enough because I do everything on the fly. <laughs> By the seat of my pants, I'm just here, literally, just was shoving down uh, some food. I'm surprised I don't have things between my teeth. Do I? <laughs> no, you look you look beautiful. I think you're good. Okay, good. So uh, we're. I'm super excited about this conversation. I'm excited about all conversations that I have in the wellness area. And if you're new to the show, buckle up. We're going to hear some interesting things about essential fatty acids, right? That's right. Omega nutrition. Right. So let's get into this. Uh, Karina, how did you discover essential fatty acids? Like what, like what, who goes down this rabbit hole? (laughs) Well, in my case, I was a recent graduate from college with a degree in anthropology that had decided I needed a job to pay the bills and um, figure out what I was going to do next. Mm -hmm. I fell into work in the natural products industry thinking, I want a job that I'm not going to fall in love with, and then I'll go back and become Indiana Jones in my next life, get my PhD, right? Uh Uh (laughs) That didn't end up happening because I fell in love with my job. I was working for a company in the health and wellness field, helping to create finished products like supplements and foods that we would consume and make us all healthier, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 18 months into that job, I had created a division that accounted for about 40% of the company business. It was thriving, but as a recent college grad, guess what? People don't pay you necessarily what you're worth as you develop. Mm -hmm. And so the only way for me to get that real leg up was to go somewhere else. And I had encountered this company Um, In the omega-3 space, it was making fruit-flavored soft gels. Um, (laughs) And interestingly, it was one of those things where I had been reading the research because I was thinking about it from a formulary perspective. How can I serve my customers better? Maybe we'll formulate something with omegas and herbs. But Mm. the FDA that year had allowed for the first health claim that... um, you know, basically supportive, but not conclusive data suggests that there is a heart health benefit to omega-3s. And it's a little bit longer than that and more convoluted, but it got my attention and ultimately meant that I started to look at this beyond just, oh, it'll help me recover quicker from exercise, which had been my earlier exposure to it. So I spent the next 10 years deep in the throes of learning about omega-3s and ultimately building the platform from which Nordic Naturals would succeed as there sales, marketing, and education leader. So it was a, it was a whirlwind tour. I've been to more medical conferences than I could tell you about, like where we aptly named things like ISFAL, the International Society for the Study of Fatty Acids and Lipids. Like scientists need to stop naming things. That, that was... <laughs> because you say EFAs, like, what are we talking about? Essential fatty acids. Okay. ISFAL, like what the heck is that? So Beautiful. So Nordic Naturals, 
Yeah. Oh, wow. You even have some. Yeah, I, I have them. I don't take, I don't take them that this is an empty bottle. Um, I don't really like the Nordic naturals, uh, but okay. I want to back up and not make it about me. I, <laughs> I tend to do that sometimes. That's uh, okay. We can talk about it. I'm, I'm totally comfortable. So there's what I really love about essential fatty acids is that not enough people are talking about them mm. point blank, right? Right. Uh, these EFAs uh, are huge in supporting our central nervous system, right? They're going to enhance our neuron function. They're going to enhance our mood. Uh, why do you, why aren't people talking about this? Well, I think because they continue to get negative press every once in a while, like this is a reality that, uh, basically we have a system where I'll just say that media loves to cover supplements negatively. And part and parcel of that reason is how much money goes into the formulation of drugs by drug companies selling yeah. drugs to yeah. serve your needs when yeah. half the time having a great foundation of nutrition would solve half the problems you encounter. Yeah. And so we run into this consistently. I mean, omega-3s, because they are used literally in every cell within your body, they can start to sound like snake oil, like, oh, it will work for everything. Well, guess what? It's because they literally are used in every cell membrane in your body. Mm -hmm. You talked about the central nervous system. If, if we're not getting proper signals from our cells to our brain or from our gut to our brain, mm -hmm. then systems crumble. Uh, you may end up craving foods that are not healthy for you because you're not getting the right nutrients, because your cells aren't talking to one another, because you ha you don't have foundational support. So whenever I talk to people about health and wellness, as it relates to supplementation, I always go back to this one thing, like, what's your foundation? You have good nutrition, great. Well, let's look at where you might be missing key nutrients. And omega-3s is one area that pretty much consistently people are just not doing a very good job. And they could have a good diet, a reasonably good diet even, and still not be getting enough. So it's one of the key areas where supplementation usually helps mm -hmm. um, ultimately and just making sure that you have the tools you need for your body to have its best chance at success. Tamar, are you supplementing? Not as much as I should, but in you know so lane and i teach the nowit academy and a portion of that is um, part of what i teach on neuroplasticity mm. and when it talks about seeds right so you know your um, sleep exercise education diet and stress when it hits the the diet portion of it it talks about omega-3s and how important mm -hmm. that is for the brain mm -hmm. right so when you were talking about how you know a lot of things goes into the prescription drugs because i know a lot of people who are stuck on those and they could be supplementing with other things, but it just seems so easy. And that's like, as soon as you mentioned that, I'm like, you know, cause I'm passionate about that part of it, well, right? Being able to learn how to feed our bodies with what it actually needs so we can get better and healthy. Well, and sadly, it's like the whole drug prescription route can be a really slippery slope because you get one drug and then it's like, well, I don't know how this other thing is going to interact with this drug I'm taking and I have some ignorance about that. So now I'm not going to supplement because what if that supplement interferes with and oh, I haven't talked to my doctor about it. How often do you talk to your doctor about all of the nutrition inputs that you're putting in? How often are you, you even... Don't honest about it. Like some people aren't honest about it. Like I know that I don't put down every supplement I take on the form when I go into my doctor because, well, 
they aren't as informed as I am. Exactly. And it will open a can of worms. And then we'll be talking about six different things that aren't really going to benefit me mm-hmm. um, because they're a traditionally schooled medical doctor. Yeah. But I've taken the effort to educate myself. And, and it's really hard for the lay person to understand, mm-hmm. oh, well, the last time I told them about this, they told me I shouldn't be taking XYZ because. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, Karina, because, you know, we're told or we're taught, uh, you know, about this food pyramid, you know, in our teens mm-hmm. and it's completely debunked. It's, it doesn't work for us. Uh, we have a society, a generation now that's being prescribed medication. Uh, there was a huge article in the New York times recently, uh, about, you know, it's a, a big experiment uh, you know, for all these teens that are being put on medications right now to help their mood, right? right. Just the mood. Right. And I, I get very passionate. I can, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I get super fired up about this because I am a huge advocate in what you put into your body, right? Mm-hmm. What you feed your body, the cells is how, is how you're going to output, you know, it's how you're going to be reacting. It's how you're going to, uh, communicate. And so when I look at this the Zennials, God mm-hmm. bless them, uh, you know, we're in trouble because right. they're eating bags of Cheetos. <laughs> As they're, food, right. They're, they're eating they all, everything's food. fast. It's packaged, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even to get my son, who we live in a pretty nutritional household here, uh, you know, I ask him to eat a nectarine. He's like, no. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I have to sneak in supplements uh, and one of the things that I do is I use chia mm-hmm. because I, chia is a fantastic source that can, you know, I can kind of hide in this magical way. Like I take an apple and I take the chia and then I blend it. I put in some cinnamon and then he eats about two, you know, two tablespoons of that every day. So I know he's getting in at least a, a gram maybe one and a half grams, you know, and that's going to help his neurodivergence. It's going to help him. It's mm-hmm. just going to support him. But, you know, what do we do? Where, what do we do with where we're at as a society? Well, that's a really big question, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? You're, you're a professional. Yeah. You're, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I, I really think it starts with educating ourselves and yep. with being advocates for our health, learning a little bit about the nutrition we're getting and the nutrition we're not. Yeah. And the reality is if you start to understand that spinach has only a fraction yeah. of the iron and other nutrients in it that it had in the 70s when I was growing up, mm-hmm. then you start to understand why we could be so deficient in so yeah. many different nutrients. The reality is chia seeds, great alpha linolenic acid you're giving your your body the precursor omega-3 mm-hmm, to epa mm-hmm. and dha epa and dha are in fish oil why are they in fish they're in fish because algae that the fish eats contains epa and dha so you can do something different than the nordic naturals fish oils that you've had cut out the fish altogether go directly to the algae yeah, i'm sick of the fish i'm sick <laughs> of it i'm sick of it i moved on to the algae karina it's, it's a game changer <laughs> well it is and and it's, it, it is, is completely like this was an awakening moment for me honestly <sighs> Well, like, I, I mean, it was yeah. for me too. I, I worked for nine years for Nordic yeah. Naturals. We never talked about where the fish got their omega-3s, EPA and DHA. Hello? Never. <laughs> right? Okay. Oh my God. So, and part of the reason I think, 
Well, first of all, we were a fish oil company and I was an advocate for algae-based omega-3s, but even understanding that algae-based DHA was out there and that that was getting into formulas, I never understood that the fish were getting their DHA from the algae they were eating. I thought they did what we did, which is we consume something like flex seeds or we consume chia seeds. And then from that chia seeds, we use enzymes like Delta-5 and Delta-60 saturase to break it down and put it back together to make EPA and DHA. I assumed that's what the fish were doing and that we were just basically jumping over, circumnavigating it to get it from the fish. No, I mean, they were consuming it in the form of EPA and DHA, concentrating it, and then we're basically juicing those fish to get the omega-3s. I know. It's gross. It's a little gross. So gross. I'm like, ew. So, I mean, people talk about the fishy burp. My husband is one of those people where if you give him a fish oil capsule, Mm -hmm. he's gone to the crapper right away like it just goes right through him it acts almost like a diuretic he cannot take a fish oil so anyways so can he take the? can he do can he do the algae no problem yeah he can do this one and i think the reason has everything to do with the form of the fat it's in Mm -hmm. so this is kind of nerdy but if you guys are already talking about neuros neuroplasticity then you can be nerdy um so this is in the polar lipid form of omega-3 And so if you take a fish oil or even a standard algae oil, like most of the algae oil out there is all like like that liquidy kind of clear soft gels, you could break it open, pour it in a glass of water or squeeze it into a glass of water. And it's just going to float on top, just like oil and water don't mix. Right. And a lot of that algae oil will actually start to smell somewhat fishy, too. Right. And this has to do with the DHA that's present in it and how it oxidizes and then the scent that that lends. Well, the oil that we're producing is in the polar lipid form, which is how your tissues use yeah. EPA and DHA. Yeah. And so it is not as liquid. It essentially dissolves into a water. Mm-hmm. It's capable of crossing your blood brain barrier, mm-hmm. blood brain. I think I said blood brain. <laughs> anyway, um, and so that you can get the benefit of the omega threes, even if you're not having your system as active to like break them down and reportion them whatnot it also means that it's not going to sit on the top of your stomach acid and create aldehyde byproducts that essentially Ugh. come up as a fish burp right i know you're just we've all had this yeah i think i told you this story when we first connected lane but like my first experience with fish oil was taking six to eight grams of it a day when i was doing competition mountain biking as a teen, late teen into my early 20s, before I ever worked in the industry, before I even worked for an omega-3 company. Mm. And I would take these because I had just heard that it would help with my recovery time. And I was competing with the boys, right? Like I was doing co-ed races. Most of the people I trained with were boys. I wanted to like be among the cream of the crop women that would even, you know, pass some of them when we were competing in these co-ed races. And when I came home from a training session, I would peel my jersey off and it would smell like fish. This is because your skin is your largest organ. Six grams is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. lot. And your body's trying to sweat out this rancid fat by any means necessary. And so it was just coming out my skin. (laughs) Really gross, right? My my ex used to drink it. Like he would bust open the pills and I used to stand there and I'd be horrified. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get away from me. You stink now. No, no, no. I used to, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't <laughs> know. You're just right. doing it because somebody said pour it into your smoothie. Right. That I did that for a long time, too. Shit does not change your taste. Like, the lemon flavor. No. 
it's gonna taste like fish. It's gonna be foul. <clears throat> we have to find a different solution. <laughs> we have to. Well, I'll have to send you some of the Orlo Omega-3 for you to try because cutting out the middle fish, doing yeah. it in the polar lipid form, yeah. it means you get the benefit of the Omega-3s, EPA and DHA. It's three times more absorbable than Omega-3s from fish oil. So you're gonna get the benefit of it and you don't have to take quite as much. So I can show you tomorrow because the soft gels are tiny. They're black, they're little itty bitty black it. pills. Like, oh, oh, I beautiful. love it. I can't so, do the big horse pills like I just horse can. Horse pills are so bad. So, okay, you know, a couple of years ago, there was this big, oh, you got to take krill oil. got to take mm -hmm. krill. Um, <laughs> and I did not jump on that bandwagon. Thank yeah, the whale food. Take, take the whale food. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think people get obsessed about these, you know, like, oh, this is the newest thing. Like, you got to do this, right? why is that? Like, well, it was, it was exceptionally marketed. I mean, ugh. let's be real about that. So, um, Superba Krill, there were some other Krill brands as well. Yep. Um, they also are in the polar lipid form. So you talk about the fish burp, you mm. talk about, they're specifically high in phospholipids, mm. whereas the algae we're producing has both phospholipids and glycolipids. And if you know anything about human nutrition, we're really good at absorbing sugars. Yeah. So put something in a glycolipid form, it's like even more absorbable than a polar lipid in the phospholipid form. It's like so rocket fuel. Yeah, basically. Like your body just takes this stuff in, yeah. right? And so krill oil has one component of what we have in this algae product, right? And so they're more absorbable. And people were marketing them as this tiny little pill. Like you, you only have to take yes, this Yes, I remember much. that, yes. And they might only have 30 milligrams of EPA or DHA in it, like a really small amount. So the claims they were making based on that small dosage were really not substantiated, but they could market the heck out of it and sell it for 30 bucks a bottle at Walgreens. And, you know, they could afford the big marketing campaign because of how little actual product they were putting in it. So it was genius in a way. Um, and then after a few years, you know, Whole Foods was one of the companies that got on this bandwagon of saying, just say no to krill oil because there was a question about its sustainability. And I think that question's still real. Uh, you know, you could debate that for hours with people who make krill oils to date and feel like you're not getting anywhere. Um, kind of understandable. That's the debate though. about anything, right? People yeah, it is. get like single vision, one track, this is what they're going to believe, and then they're going right. to find everything to validates it. Right. And that's true. And, and part of the reason that I essentially stepped away from fish based omega threes is because I don't believe that products from our oceans are presently sustainable. And this has to do with warming oceans. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the intensification of their acidity, mm -hmm. which has is changing the mm -hmm. life supporting ability of our oceans mm -hmm. has to do with plastic pollution it has to do with how we're fishing like all of these questions have come up to the surface for me and it's gotten to the point where it's like okay so you might say that this peru anchoveta which is like where they're getting most of the anchovies is the humboldt current off the close coast of peru mm -hmm. that it's sustainable you might say that you could argue it but there's still illegal fishing that happens there every single year mm. resulting in things like the kill off of 15,000 dolphins in an annual basis illegally. And why are those local fishermen killing the dolphins? They're not killing them for meat. They're killing them because they have started to see the dolphins as competition for the fish that they used to be able to procure. Yeah. 
and they don't have the big vessels to go out to sea as far as these larger multinational corporations. Mm -hmm. And so now you're stuck in this space where you don't have a viable business anymore to support your family. Mm -hmm. So these traditional fishermen are just, they're, they're in a, a between a rock and a hard place, right? Like they have, they don't have the ability to really keep their families safe and fed anymore. And so if that's the case, you can't tell me that this is sustainable. Well, you're, you've essentially created a system that is rewarding the publicly traded multinational companies and taking from these smaller and, you know, non-corporate individuals that are trying to procure for themselves and their families. I mean, I'm not one of these people. It's like veganism is the only way I'm not. I, I are still, you plant-based? I'm not completely plant-based. No, okay. I'm, I do mostly plant-based for my diet, but I still consume some animal products. Like what? And well, for me, I occasionally eat chicken. Like, so I'm actually eating an animal, right? Mar, love chicken. Your friend. Love okay. chicken. <laughs> I do eat eggs almost every day. I love eggs. Well, eggs are so they're so they're good so for you. Nutrient dense. I right. Mean, come on. You got fats. Choline alone. You got is just protein. Like, you've so got good all for your the brain. You've got zeaxanthin and the yolk of the egg. Like, there's so much good stuff within an egg. Yes. Uh, but I have really limited my consumption of other meats. Um, I'm cutting out dairy, not because it's an ethical thing, because there are ethical farms where I can get my milk, yep. but because I'm actually learning that I'm dairy sensitive and not just to cow milk, but also to goat milk. So have you tried the that, A2 milk? I don't know what A2 milk is now. Oh, look that up. A2. That might be the answer for you. Uh, so I love that you're talking about the sustainability and the acidity of our oceans and trying to god i mean we're just a wreck the human race is just i i just think that you could summarize it as you know capitalism is mostly broken yeah. and we've just worked from this extractive perspective for so long that we don't know how to create circular systems that can benefit humanity and still be mindful of resources yeah. so that's one of the things that we're working to correct with orlo right mm -hmm. like actually using things like algae inks and in the printing of our products so that we're creating circular economies and that comes from the I waste stream of algae production or utilizing reusable bottles so that we're not you know continually just producing yet another plastic bottle that you know gets shoved in your recycle bin and not recycled okay we're, i have a question about that yeah. i have a question about that uh so because you're such an eco-friendly company, mm -hmm. does that drive up the price of your products? Well, I would say if I sold this product as it is right now on a retail shelf in a health food store, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to afford it for, I wouldn't be able to offer it for the same price I am today. But okay, just say like- Say that we, again, say that again. If you're, okay, I walk into the store. Yeah. If you if you were to buy this product off the shelf in Whole Foods Market, next understanding, to Nordic, yeah, right? next to Nordic Naturals. Yep. If I was to offer the product on that same shelf next to Whole Foods, I have to pay twenty five to thirty percent of my margin to a distributor, oh. and then I have to pay the markup to the retailer. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I mean, you'd be looking at fifty or sixty dollars for a one month supply. But as it stands presently, we're selling the product direct to consumer on our own website. Okay. We are have plans to launch as a fulfilled by manufacturer through Amazon, meaning that we will manage the shipping and we will manage the packaging yep. because we want to keep all the eco-minded 
perspective within our yeah. fold. Um, but ultimately doing this means that we don't have to jack up the price as much, right? Um, as a as a company that's going direct to consumer, we do have, you know, extra efforts that we have to accommodate for in advertising and things like that. But one of the ways that I've tackled to do that and keep price down is by having an educational podcast where we're talking about nutrition issues and really trying to inform the marketplace and then doing efforts through social media and through influencers to support the build of the brand. Mm -hmm. You'd need to do that anyway if you went through retail. And then you also have to say goodbye to all of that margin from the distributor and also to the retailer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then you then you have to charge more. Yeah. And that's essentially where you get. So, you know, there's a possibility that I'll be able to build in enough economies of scale as we continue to grow mm -hmm. that we can offer the product eventually through retail and affordable price, but it probably wouldn't be in the same packaging, right? Yeah. So I have to then build in another eco packaging solution mm -hmm. um, because are people going to be accustomed to buy through re retail and do refills? Probably not so much. We still live in this kind of disposable society. So I'm working to educate the marketplace. You know, I do still buy milk for my house, but I buy it in the glass bottle that I return each month for, or, you know, I typically take in five or six of them at a time. I don't remember every time I go grocery shopping. And so, you know, I get the deposit back. Mm -hmm. Like if we can do something like that, if we can, if we can start to move people in a direction like where people are already in Germany, where that's commonplace, you get your Coke bottles and you return them each time you go grocery shopping for a deposit that get, then gets credited off of your receipt. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it gets refilled by the manufacturer as opposed to just put in the recycle bin. I mean, I, I just, I think it's time for us to really open our conversations and think deeply about the waste that leaves our home. And if we look at the recycle bin and the garbage bin both as waste, then we can improve strategies around that and really start to think about moving away from this disposable society. Anyway, that's where my head's at. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, I mean, you said it earlier, the educating yourselves, right? I mean, as human beings, we need to educate ourselves much more than we already do. I just, you know, as you were speaking before, I thought of just the quick fixes, right? And how you talked about the marketing, um, how, mm -hmm. you know, it was brilliant. Well, yeah, because I think most people are like, okay, oh, that's a new thing, a new fad. I'm going to buy it, right? I'm going to eat it up. It doesn't matter what it does to our environment or our body or anything. And so I, I do, like, we need to, and I'm guilty for it as well before, right? It was mm -hmm. any time I was feeling unhealthy, I'm like, well, I need to, it's the number on the scale, right? I need to lose 30 pounds. And so it was that quick fix mm -hmm. as opposed to what is actually going to help me become a healthier person, <laughs> right? What is going to help the environment? And, you know, I've had to really educate myself about that stuff too. It's such a journey. I uh, was in a store buying a new cream for my face and this is a completely sustainable uh, company and they have glass containers and then you can refill, you can buy the replacement and you can just plop it into the glass container, okay? And she rung it up as $100 and I said, what? <laughs> like, I was like, what, what do you mean? That's the replacement, and she's like, well, that's, that's what you're going to pay for just the, the insert, right? You're getting the product. And I, I, it always concerns me. It's like, 
when or how do companies find that middle ground? You know, how, because this is a capitalistic society that we're living in. Mm -hmm. And capitalism has been pushed to the max now. And mm -hmm. we're not thinking about the consumer. Like, I was like, I'm not paying $100 for that. That's, it's ridiculous. I went to this place of, I don't care if it's helping them. Like, I literally had a moment in the store. Like, no, I'm not paying $100 for that. Like, I'm going to use the other all organic glass container. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to put that glass container into the recycle in a, in a month, you know, mm -hmm. but most people, I don't, I've got to be careful what I say here. No, you don't. I mean, this is your show, right? <laughs> well, I'll get feedback. <laughs> Lane, you're such an asshole. Most people are not thinking, right? Like they're just, right, they're just going through the process. They're not even considering this. Right. I have that awareness because I'm 25 years, you know, into recovery where mm -hmm. I've spent the first half of my recovery, you know, who cares what it costs? Doesn't matter. Recycling, you know, like throw caution to the wind. And now having a 12 year old, I'm like, oh my God, again, humans killing the planet. What, what's my kid? You know, I go to that dark spot, Karina, let me tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> go real well, dark real quick. One of my friends doesn't recycle and she said that her recycling was not having children. <laughs> Because, you know, and she's otherwise this trippy hippie girl, you know, like living in the Santa Cruz mountains, but yeah. she just doesn't bother recycling. And she's like, look, you had kids. I did not. I'm just like, You know what, though? That, I have to give it to her. That's kind of good. That's kind of brilliant. I mean, and I, yep. there is an argument for if it yep. leaves I'm your house is waste, it's mm -hmm. waste. So, you know, I do my best not to waste, but, you know, hey. You know I, those people that are like, <laughs> I'm going to for a year, uh, use one spoon, one knife. Uh, do, do you know, there, there was a whole thing right before COVID hit where, uh, there was a group or a community of people where they were, you know, eliminating everything from their lives and, uh, they would eat everything they could. They wouldn't, uh, everything had to fit into like their bags and their jars. Do you mm. know who I'm talking about? This whole community, there was a whole Oh God! I don't know, but I, I it sounds very familiar. I'm just not sure I can place it. Yeah. Hardcore, like mm -hmm. really into uh, curating a lifestyle that was waste free. That's kind mm -hmm. of the essentialism of it. Like they zero waste. Yeah, zero waste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's like way above my uh, capacity. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the threshold to be zero waste with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, it's and, hard. And it's that. It's it's the reality of living in our world today, and yeah. also being cognizant that I don't want to, um, as mindful as I am in the environment, mm -hmm. I don't want to create a socially inept child who cannot function when they go to a friend's house because they will not be able to use, you know, whatever. And I still feel that way when it comes to things like the products that I don't tend to consume in my house. Like we don't tend to have soda, but every once in a while I get some for my kids because I don't want them to get to the point where they're so deprived that when they go to their friend's house, it's like, oh my God, it's time to binge on Coca-Cola and ice cream, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I have a really great friend. Uh, he's a vegan and he kind of has this philosophy that his kids you know it's like exact that same thing like i don't want my kids to all of a sudden be looking at a cupcake and want to eat five of them because we deprive them of cupcakes yeah 
right? So it's like, how do we create these balanced households, these families? But well, how it's do personal we... for me because I think my mom would only let me like when they started adding sugar to kicks, I could no longer get kicks <sighs> when it was. Um, so this is like in the I don't know, 82, I think they started adding sugar to kicks. So then it's the I only got sweets if they were at the grocery store for the health food store. So it was like those mm-hmm. sesame little individually oh, wrapped yeah. ones. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like yeah. the nougat yeah. almost. Hippy-dippy. So, very so it got to the point where again i coveted being able to go and get a big gulp with a girlfriend on the weekend and i would drink like you know the biggest one you could and then you're like going back for refills you know what i mean and it's just terrible for you but i think it gave me a serious kind of problem with sugar Mm -hmm. and so i still battle that in some ways today Mm -hmm. and it means that you know yeah i i have to be kind of draconian when it comes to sugar and i have to say no, and I'll do the healthy sugars, you know, considering fruits and things like, but I can even binge on apricots if I'll let myself to the point where, you know, you're, you're, you're on the toilet. So I have to be careful even about the natural sugars, because again, it's like, it scratches this itch for me mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, may not be most healthy. Are you a Stevia fan? I like Stevia. I put it in my tea just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's like the, the real original Stevia and then there's all this new stuff. Are you old variety or new? I really don't know. I use true Stevia or, um, new yeah, variety. sweet leaf. I don't yeah, know if that's, that's all new. new variety. Is it all new? Yeah. Uh, so our listeners are like, Lane, where are you taking us on this show? <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to give you some insight around Stevia. So original Stevia is super potent. Like I can use the, like the tip of my fingernail. Oh my God. And it's so sweet. It's like it, using aspartame almost. It yeah. is. I, I love it. It's delightful. And I think that mm-hmm. the flavor of it is much better than the sweet leaves or the da da da. But I'll use them because I don't use sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're interested in finding out more, uh, you can go over to your sober now what com <laughs> and hit that big orange button and say, Lane, tell me more about Stevia. Then right, we can tomorrow? do a, we can do a show on it. I know. It's so good. Because I like sugar. Sugar, Tamar, let's talk about sugar for a minute. Shall we? I So I can binge on chicken strips, speaking of chicken before. Um, but yeah, sugar, when I started on sugar, I don't stop. Like it's, I am actually going through a Betty Buzz detox. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> 15 grams of sugar in that little bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many were you having a day? Four to six. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like, okay wired <laughs> like a live wire you were yeah oh yeah so if we get da- back to the essential fatty acids bring it bring it around here lane here we go uh when somebody is nourishing their body and using an essential fatty acid uh the craving. Let's talk about cravings. Oh, yeah, they do tend to come down. So this is something that has actually been shown in a variety of capacities. I just finished writing an article for Ageist about omega-3s as it relates to addiction of nicotine, even yes. as an example. Let's bring it on here, Karina. Come on. So um, I was a smoker for 16 years. And so you this quit? Is, I quit when I was getting ready to get married because I didn't want to be that woman in my 40s going to get a carton of cigarettes. And, and the have reality. the stinky hands, the stinky hands and the stinky hair. Like, ah, yeah, I got a cotton of moss. You know, like I could just see this 
picture. I mean, I didn't smoke Moors, but I had a friend's mom who did whatever. But I was, you know, one of those people who I associated it with my identity because I started smoking in my early teens. And so therefore, my whole teen life, my whole adult life was smoking, associative addictions, coffee, shooting pool, having a beer, whatever, right? Like all of those were dialed. Mm -hmm. And so it was, um, I was coming up on getting married to my husband who was also a smoker and acknowledging god i love this person but the last thing i want to do is have to see somebody through lung cancer like them or me it's just not fair Mm -hmm. and so i had the ultimatum like i'm not getting married unless we both quit and so that was it you know it's like we both had to quit and it was a journey and it didn't happen overnight but i will tell you that when i had enough omega-3s in my daily life it was easier not to say that i I didn't struggle because i had several false starts and quits you know like those moments where i went out with friends and i started smoking and i'd have to just forgive myself in the morning and gift the pack of cigarettes to somebody else and say okay i'm starting fresh again over and over um and what the what's interesting is the research shows that people who consume enough omega-3s even as smokers smoke less and that it impacts people's ability to say no to things that they otherwise would have a hard time saying no to. And that could be something as simple as a donut, or it could be a cigarette, or it could be that drink. And so essentially we can move in this direction where we're giving our bodies enough of the right things that it essentially craves and needs to optimally function. And then our willpower can carry us just that little extra step. I mean, I tried Wellbutrin. I was like going to do anything to help me, right? But Wellbutrin made me in an anxious, crazy mess. (laughs) I'm not alone in that. (laughs) It was not okay. Like people, my friends were telling me like, God, you know, can you just smoke a cigarette? Because this is awful. (laughs) Uh Um, Yeah. So I had to stop the Wellbutrin because it was making me crazy. And then um, it was probably the sixth or seventh attempt where it finally kind of stuck. And I went months without smoking. And that had to mean also months without drinking because alcohol would also Mm -hmm. like make me Mm want to smoke. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, now I'm if I'm around somebody smoking, I don't even it's like a gross thing, but it's been years now. And it, it took me a couple years to get to that point where it was actually gross. Yeah, so that's hard. That's hard for people. You know, I, I love that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Is your husband still smoke free as well? He's still smoke free, though. He did hide it from me for a while. And mm-hmm. I found like a, a pack of cigarettes in the garage yeah. or I came home from work one day when he didn't expect me to be home and he was out <laughs> Out on the porch, smoking a cigarette and reading a sci-fi novel, and oh, I'm yes, just like, was. "What the hell?" Oh, <laughs> so, I love that. so there were those moments, and it was serious enough that I mean, I I contemplated leaving him in those moments because I felt like it was a violation of trust and there was yeah. this lie or whatever. But reality is, our relationship thankfully was stronger than that, and we were able to get through it. But you bring up a really valid point in that you didn't want to have somebody die on you and you didn't want to leave somebody mm-hmm. because of lung cancer. And so many people just overlook that. Like it's, again, it's not being on their radar. And well, you're invincible in your twenties, right? Is true. Yeah. But like I acknowledge too, my husband is 10 years older than me. Mm. And so he had 10 years on me in some ways and in a not so healthy way. And yeah. so He'll joke about it today because he's 10 years older than me, but he doesn't look it. He'll say it's not clean living because, well, it certainly wasn't. But um, 
you know. So the, uh, what I keep kind of coming back to is the importance of supplementation. And for, you know, people who are on the emotional wellness journey and they want to live a better life and they're in recovery, you know, we go through these cycles and phases and seasons. Mm-hmm. And as we age, our brains are changing. So I am a huge advocate for uh, using supplementation mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, use a product that is actually going to, uh, what's the right word, um, soak, <laughs> deliver uh, mm-hmm. nutrients that is going to, I don't want to have people, like I know that Alzheimer's, you know, mm. and neurodegenerative, neurodegener- I can't say the word. Neurodegenerative. Degenerative. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Disease is a real, is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Right. You know so, what they're calling it though? It's like diabetes type three. <sighs> so this is, again, it kind of comes back to sugar. Yeah. It also comes to alcohol. Um, I, I met an Italian researcher at one of those ISFAL conferences who did this entire presentation uh, around his research where it was talking about Alzheimer's as it related to liver health specifically. Mm-hmm. And his end message as he was closing his remarks was, you know, if you could take one message from today, it's mind your liver, mind your liver. And that there's this connection between the liver and the brain. Uh, It starts with sugar. It's not just an only connected to your gut health. Like gut health is definitely related. But if you have an unhealthy liver, you will have an unhealthy brain later in life. And that that's directly tied to this. And then now you have doctors talking about Alzheimer's and um, other degenerative diseases of the brain like dementia or Parkinson's as also being connected to this concept of um, type 3 diabetes, which again is our relationship with an overconsumption of sugar or sugar alcohols. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, whether it be consumption of booze or beer or wine or sugar or donuts. Apple fritters. And even some of the extreme doctors like Dr. Perlmutter, and I call him extreme, but he's, let's just say most people aren't going to live the way he lives. I mean, he's a neurologist, neurosurgeon. I love him. I love him too. But most people are not going to say, I'm never eating grains and I'm never eating sugars from these foods. And I'm going to drop my acid by never eating this and never eating that. I mean, he, he's capable of making those decisions. He spends all his time reading the research. It's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. And, And that's why I think too, like supplements can be very supportive. You know, you're not necessarily always going to make the right decisions about your nutrition. It'd be great if we all could, but, you know, life is complicated and, you know, sometimes it throws you a slice of pizza and that looks really good right now. And, you know, you're hungry. (laughs) So you eat the slice of pizza and it's got green cheesecake, whatever. But like Dr. Perlmutter wrote this book about the brain. I think it's called the grain drain, something like that. It's, it's got a picture of the brain, but it's shaped like a piece of bread, right? It's the grain diet. Um, yeah, I have it upstairs. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll leave that in the uh, show notes tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. That's a valuable, uh, great book. And he starts to talk about the fact that our overconsumption of grains has done this to our brain. Yep. And now his latest book is called Drop Acid, which is all about reducing your acid, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is partly done through consume a lot of water, like you need more water, you're probably dehydrated. And then you drop your acid by eating things like 
cherries blueberries. and blueberries yeah and you know some of these particular foods that are really good for you they're high dense in phytonutrients mm -hmm. um and ultimately support your body's ability to reduce your acid you know i i've done these this kind of lifestyle this eating and i have to tell you i physically change mm -hmm. when i am in in that mode but the sustainability of it is so tough it's really hard. Yeah, it's and really hard. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I have tried to get the family on the bandwagon and my friends on the bandwagon. And they're like, no, we can't do it, Lane. Tamar, you ready to do that? I'll do it. Okay. We're going to, are you in? Yeah, no, she's not in. Okay. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. But, but I physically, it's such an interesting, I, I, I've taken pictures of myself, mm -hmm. right? Over a period, like last, uh, during the pandemic, I did it for three months. The year before, I do it once a year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And my skin tone changes, my mm -hmm. facial structure changes, uh, my my joints, right? All the all any inflammation I have in my body, bye. Yep. And and so I have never here here we go. I have never paired that with taking essential fatty acids, and I bet it would change my thinking around it. Because I? I know how powerful the. Uh, I mean, now I want to do this challenge with you. When are yeah. we starting? I think it's, we should. It's, it is such a powerful transformation, and it's unbelievable to take pictures of yourself every day. Mm -hmm. it, it's 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 kind of it's freakish. It's like whoa. Yeah. yeah. You learn so maybe we should do this. Like we we should put, set this up tomorrow. I think we should. I think this should be a challenge that anybody can join us in. Yes. I love it. Let's do Tell it. Me. Let's do uh, it. Karina, where are we going to um, hang out with you more? Should we go over to Orlo? Where, you know, what should we do here? Yeah, so I will just share with everyone here. You can go to orlonutrition.com. That's O-R-L-O nutrition.com. We are at Orlo Nutrition on all social platforms. And also I co-host or my host, most of the time I'm hosting, but every once in a while I have a co-host on Nutrition Without Compromise, which is a podcast dedicated to nutrition without compromising. Nutrition your, without compromise. Yeah, you don't compromise your, your ethics or the health of our planet. And that can look like different things to different people. But ultimately, we're here to create solutions that can support the regeneration of Earth. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to that. And I think our uh, listeners... We have three now, maybe four <laughs> listeners. I think we have six. We have plus, six. Okay. Plus Jason. Maybe we have six. Uh, I think uh, Seven, you guys will me. really <laughs> love nutrition without compromise. Uh, what I have noticed about the wellness space and about nutrition, uh, it's hard to find a really good show with a female leading the conversation. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm just calling mm -hmm. it out like it is. So please go check out uh, Karina's show nutrition without compromise and let us know what you think. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. I really have enjoyed this conversation tomorrow. Anything else you want to bring in? Yeah. I just want to second thank you for being here because I just think of all the women that we talk to, right? Especially in recovery, they go from one thing to another. So to have supplementation that could help them reduce those cravings mm -hmm. is, is fantastic. Right. And then you don't have to keep going from one thing to another. And uh, especially that sugar, cause that's, that's real. So, and let's do that challenge. We're going to do the challenge. Yep. All right, well, everyone. Thank, uh, thank you. you again for hanging out with us. Karina, thanks so much. Tomorrow, I'll see you later. Yes, you will. Bye, everyone.